Hello and welcome to the Property Investing Australia podcast, where we'll be covering the right way to invest in property without taking the unnecessary risks, how to manage your money, and how to build the right mindset so that you can achieve your financial and wealth building goals. I'm your host, Nero Dambi Pillay. Hi, it's Nero here from Investment Rise, and you're probably well aware by now that we're in the midst of a significant property boom. Just in February, we had the fastest rate of uh, price growth across the country since back in like 1983, okay? We're talking nearly 20 years. And that price growth is here to, to stay. I think this property boom is here to stay because you've got l- a low interest rates, access to, to credit has never been easier and it's about to get easier uh, uh, again. And you've got massive under su- supply. All right, so this property boom is here to, to stay. And I think it's a great time, therefore, for many property investors to get into the market. And we are seeing a lot more first time in property investors jumping into the market, which is great. But because the price growth is so rapid, I'm seeing a lot of investors sort of want to jump into the market really based on FOMO or the, the fear of, of missing out. And they're making a lot of mistakes. So in this episode, I want to talk about the five biggest mistakes I'm seeing first-time property investors make and how to ensure you can avoid them. So let's get started. Property investing mistake number one in 2021 is overpaying for property or paying too much for a, a property. Look, I get it, right? Like when you see headlines like this constantly, you know, talking about how properties are going for sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars above the reserve price at auction, or people are paying tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars more than what the asking price was. It can feel like you need to compete. It can feel like, oh, you've got to pay that much extra just to get into the, the market. But here's the thing, as an investor, you have an advantage. You see, because a lot of these people who are paying these extra money and paying almost ridiculous prices in, in, in some instances for these properties, they're often homeowners. They're emotionally involved, they're attached to a particular property. But as an investor, you don't have to play that game. Right? You don't need to become emotionally attached to a particular property. Need to, you need to be investing based on, on data and you can be fairly, I guess, agnostic or um, detached from exactly where you end up buying as long as the data makes sense. All right. So if you are looking to buy property in a particular area and you find that people are constantly paying way more than you think uh, is warranted right now based on your budget and your data, well, you've got two choices. You can either say, well, you know, I don't want to miss out. So I'm going to pay that extra $200,000 or whatever the case happens to be and jump in, which I don't think is a great thing. Or what you can do is simply expand your search, widen your horizons, start doing more, more research, look at different areas and different suburbs, right? But you don't want to overpay for a property because even if you overpay 50 grand, 100 grand, which by the way, isn't a lot at the moment in today's market. Well, if you've overpaid by that much, well, that 50K or 100K is that that should be equity that you should be getting rather than you giving it away. All right, so don't invest out of FOMO, rather do your research and be prepared to be patient and wait for the right opportunity rather than overpaying. I'm not saying you procrastinate or you delay, and I'll come back to that in, in a moment. But what I am saying is that you need to, yes, act fast, but 
don't pay this game of overpaying and paying maximum uh, prices, that's not going to be good for you in terms of the long term when it comes to investing in property. Property investing mistake number two, and this is really related to what I was saying earlier on about people trying to buy property and buy an investment property out of FOMO or the fear of missing out. And so what I'm seeing is a lot of first-time investors buying property without doing their due diligence. Right? They're not ordering pest inspections and, and, and building inspections. Uh, they're not checking out the, the contract details. They're just jumping in and buying and hoping and praying that it all kind of works out. right? Uh, but as an investor, you need to step back and do that level of due diligence because you, it's not as if you're trying to, I don't know, buy a concert ticket uh, here and you're happy to pay a, a bit extra and after the concert's over, everything's okay. No, buying an investment property is a long-term decision. And if you don't do your due diligence right now, here's what I can tell you. It's gonna cost you, it's gonna hurt you in the future if something comes up and you weren't aware of it, you weren't pre prepared for it, okay? So let the others uh, to buy without doing their due diligence, that's, that's fine, that's, that's their problem. But you as an investor, make sure you're doing your due diligence. Make sure you're checking out the, the property and, and the checks and then go forward. Now I understand in the current market, you're gonna have to do that quickly, yes. But still, make sure it gets done, all right? Otherwise, you could end up with a real pickle down, down the track. Property investing mistake number three in 2021, it's trying to almost underpay for, for property, okay? And I see a lot of people who, for example, they are first-time investors and they wanna get the best deal they can. So this is almost the, the other end of the spectrum from people who um, are overpaying. These are people that sort of wanna underpay or they wanna try and get a, a discount and they're basing, I guess, their, their research on what's out there for, for free. So for example, they're going on to, you know, maybe realestate.com.au or maybe domain or maybe an, another site out there and they're seeing what properties have sold for in the last, say, three months or, or six months. And then they're basing their decisions on that. They're making their offer price based on, on, on that. That's horribly, horribly outdated data in, in today's market, right? I mean, for example, right now, there's, there's a particular market that we're helping clients buy in where since January, and I'm recording this in, in March, land prices have jumped $30,000, right? If you're looking online, you won't see a lot of that sales data yet because the properties haven't settled yet, the land hasn't registered, whatever the case happens to, to, to be. So that means you'd literally be looking at property and say, you know, you might be thinking, oh, you know, I can get this for $520,000 because a similar property is sitting on one of these online sites um, and uh, it's sold for, you know, say 520. But in reality, the market is now saying it's worth 550 or 560. So you go in and offer the 520, you're gonna be laughed at. All right, so you've got to really understand if you're doing your research, relying on all these free tools, whether it's you know what properties have sold for in the last three months, and I know there are a lot of people out there who'll tell you that's what you need to use uh, to work out what the, the price is for an area. In today's market, in 2021, that's not gonna work for you. You're gonna keep missing out, okay? Then the other thing I'm seeing people do is they're looking, you know, again, on say realestate.com.au, on domain, mind you, I think these sites are, can, can be really good. There's some really good data on there, but it all depends how you use it. And I'm seeing a lot of people say, seeing the listings on, on, on these prices, uh, on these sites rather for maybe a four bedroom uh, property. And let's just say, again, they're seeing it for $520,000. And they're going in and thinking, well, that should be the, the price. They're going to try and offer 520 or maybe even, even 510. But 
what we're seeing at the moment is a lot of vendors are being advised by agents to um, offer prices uh, online rather that aren't actually accurate. Right, you know, so you, you see a, a property and it says, oh, it's a four bedroom property and it's got all the mod cons and everything else and it's selling for, you know, $520,000. But in reality, the market is saying that it's worth 550 or, or, or 560, all right? So you can't base your research just on the free online data in 2021, the market's moving too quickly. So then what do you do, all right? You've actually got to get on the ground or get someone's help to act to see what property is selling for right now. Okay, you need to be tracking how fast properties are, are selling. Is the time on market re reducing? What about the um, the prices of, of property? Are the properties right now in, in, in March for a four bedroom home? What are they selling for right now versus in, in, in February versus in, in January? What's the capital growth like, right? These are the things that you wanna be looking at because otherwise you're gonna be making decisions based on outdated data. You're gonna keep missing out and then you're gonna be like you know, someone who I spoke to recently who said, then I started looking to buy an investment property back in October and I kept trying to get, get a discount based off you know, everything I was seeing online, all the, the free stuff out there. But I kept missing out and now when I look at where prices are, had I just paid fair market value back in, in October, I would have made $60,000 in capital growth. So in other words, this poor guy had missed out on $60,000 by just trying to get a, a, a discount, right? So if you're trying to buy property in a fast moving market with lots of capital growth potential, which is you know, one of the best types of markets to be investing in, you need to accept that trying to get a discount is only going to uh, cause you to, to miss out. I'm not saying overpay, absolutely, and I said that earlier on, but be prepared to pay what fair market value is and be, pre be prepared to, have to dig deeper to work out exactly what fair market value is today rather than perhaps what you're seeing online. Property investing mistake number next. I'm not sure what we're up to, but let's say property investing mistake number next, okay? And it's this. I'm seeing again a lot of investors who are failing to get a property in, in an area and they're missing out and therefore they're trying to get a bargain by looking at what properties are left over after auction, right? So I'm seeing a lot of people looking at properties that you know didn't you know, get sold at auction, they got passed in and think they can go and get a bargain. But you've got to ask yourself this question. In a market that's this hot, especially in Sydney, especially in, in, in Brisbane, if people are not buying that particular type of property, why are you, right? I mean, like right now, the two most common types of properties that are not being sold are your typical vanilla two-bedroom um, uh, units, or the second thing is it's an older property that's you know, more run down and needs more work. Now, if you look at the, the older properties, unless you have the capacity to really add some significant value to it in a very short time, maybe you are a builder or you've got a, a contact in the building industry, that's different. But for the average investor, it's the wrong property to avoid because you, it's a wrong property to invest in. You want to avoid this kind of property because if nobody else wants it, why are you buying it? Because remember, somewhere down the track, part of your strategy is going to have to involve potentially looking to sell a, a, a property, right? So you want to buy property that have good owner-occupier uh, appeal, all right? I mean, I remember in the, in the previous uh, Sydney boom, which is what, around about 2012 to 2017, a lot of people told me, oh, I bought this rundown old property and I added value and I made $200,000 in, in capital gain, which is, look, a, a good result. But 
you know, someone like myself and many others, we made way more money than that just by employing a strategic buy and hold um, strategy, you know, finding the, the, the right areas with good potential for capital growth, buying something that the, the, you know, the market wanted and then holding onto it. Right? And so I think you're going to see the same thing again. I think a lot of people are trying to buy older properties uh, to you know, do it up unless they have, you know, they're in the industry, the construction industry, I guess, or they've got that ex experience. They may make some money, sure, but it's going to be a lot more work, a lot more effort, potentially a lot more risk, especially with you know, uh, construction materials and the cost of, the, of that you know, uh, rising. It's going to be much easier for people. I think investors are going to make a lot more money just finding the right location and riding out this next property boom. So again, don't just think that you've got to be attached to one suburb as I said earlier on. You know, if you're finding um, a property that nobody else wants in a suburb, it's probably best that you avoid it as well. And then the final property investing mistake, which again is as a result of not doing due diligence and uh, investing out of FOMO and the fear of missing out, but I think it's so important that it's well worth um, highlighting, is this. Not checking the vacancy rate before you buy an investment property. Look, you want to be buying in areas that have a vacancy rate of 3% or less because that's really when you're going to be buying in a market that's undersupplied where there are more people looking to rent property than properties available for rent, right? And we're helping a lot of our clients buy investment properties where the vacancy rate is under 2%, you know, sometimes even under 1%. It's ridiculously low. All right, but you definitely want to do that due diligence. But I'm seeing so many people tell me that they're buying an investment property, you know, in, in certain uh, suburbs, especially in Sydney and Melbourne, without checking the, the vacancy factor. And then they're going to wonder why they couldn't get, get a tenant. I mean, look at some, some of these areas, like Melbourne, for example, Caulfield, vacancy rate 5.2%. Then we have Footscray, 5.2%. Right, these two areas are just two areas are randomly picked. They're probably areas that have got far worse vacancy rates in, in, in Melbourne. But those two suburbs, good luck getting, getting a tenant. What about in Sydney? Well, let's look at Schofields, for example. Vacancy rate, 8.1%. Good luck getting a tenant there, right? I mean, and then Parramatta, the vacancy rate of 5.9%. I mean, that seems almost low, but it's still nearly double what, what a balanced market would be. So you need to really do that level of due diligence because you're not buying your own home here. You're buying something that others are going to live in. That's what tenants are going to, to do. And you need to make sure there's enough demand from tenants because it doesn't matter what the capital growth potential is. It doesn't matter uh, you know, how much money you think you're gonna make on the property over the next few years. If you can't get it rented, or if you've got to bring down your rent it's going to pay, play havoc with your cash flow, your lifestyle, and then your potential to actually use that property as a stepping stone to the next one. So ensure you're doing your due diligence. Ensure you're buying in areas with tight vacancy rates so that you're not going to have an issue getting it rented. So there you have it, guys. The five biggest mistakes I'm seeing first-time property investors make in 2021. A lot of them are based on either FOMO, fear of missing out, not doing your due diligence, or on the other, other end of the spectrum, you know, operating on outdated data, thinking that they can get a discount uh, you know, when uh, the market is rising so uh, quickly, right? Really avoid your, these five, five mistakes. Be patient, don't panic, but at the same time, act fast, as uh, John McGrath said. But certainly there is some great potential right now. Avoid these mistakes and you could see yourself making some significant gains through investing in property in 2021. 
Hey, it's Nero here again, and thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, and you think you might like my help to find an investment property, then head on over to nerocall.com. That's Nero, N-I-R-O, call, C-A-L-L.com. Head over to nerocall.com to discover our unique five-step process that's now helped our private client group purchase well over $66.8 million worth of property. And then if you like what you see, you can book in for a property consult with me personally. Either way, thanks again for listening.